Mobile is the future. Use it to power up your profits. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Our show focuses on the latest news and information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. We speak with the power players of mobile monetization. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Please welcome our host, Wen Tu. Good afternoon and welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, the ultimate dashboard to build, modify, and track your mobile apps and mobile websites. This is Wen Tu, your host for Mobile Power and Profit, the show that discusses the latest information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. Each week, we bring you insights from mobile industry thought leaders from around the globe. This week, we have Asif Khan, a veteran tech startup business development and marketing entrepreneur for nearly 15 years. He founded the Location-Based Marketing Association and is currently working as a consultant, educator, and speaker to the Location-Based Marketing Services community. Um, Good afternoon, Asif. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you, and uh, good, good to be here. Great. Glad to have you here. Um, so last week we talked with our guest Talia Wolf and touched on how location-based personalization helps build that emotional bond between brand and customer. Could you tell us more about what inspired you to establish the LBMA? Yes, happy to do so. Uh, so uh, the LBMA uh, has been around now for uh, about five years. And so when we were looking to uh, put this together back in at the end of 2009, at the time, you had companies like Foursquare uh, just emerging, Gowalla, a competitor to them, Google, Google had uh, Latitude. And so there are a number of these sort of early location sharing, check-in type platforms, and you could see a wave of location-based services. And I had just sold uh, a Wi-Fi company uh, delivering free public Wi-Fi in exchange for watching a location-specific ad. So uh, I felt a need to start to build a, an educational model uh, around this and, and to help marketers, help brands, uh, you know, be able to understand and realize, you know, the value of what can be done with location-based data. I could imagine from 2009 until now, a lot has changed in the location market. Tell us more about the what you see has been the major changes in the last few years. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the changes are, are, are quite evident. I think, um, you know, in the early days, it was really about, uh, location sharing and, and, and trying to put a focus on uh, on that in terms of getting consumers to uh, share their location in exchange for that, uh, you know, receive some sort of offer or coupon. Uh, and there's still some of that happening. But I think, you know, what we've really tried to, to, to do as an organization is to teach marketers uh, and help them to understand that location-based uh, marketing isn't uh, a platform. It's It's not you know, like, uh, hey, we just, uh, you know, worked on social media and now we're going to turn our location to, to our attention to location marketing. I think that location marketing really is, is about understanding that it's a data set and that data set can be applied to any any media, in fact, um, um, you know, billboard, radio, television, or what have you. Um, and so the way at the LBMA that we define location-based marketing is simply the intersection of people, places, and media and try to take the attention off of just mobile and to say that, you know, to think about location as understanding where your your target consumer is from a geo point of view, but then asking the question, 
uh, of what media is available to me in that particular place that I can use to influence them. So are they standing in front of a billboard? Are they standing in front of a screen? Are they in their car listening to radio, et cetera? And, and so, you know, the where and, and then connecting the where to uh, the media that's available uh, is really what we feel true location marketing is. But it sort of sounds like um, you know, if you talk about really thinking about location marketing as a data set and not just a platform, um, there seems to be a lot of triangulation that you would need um, just because the location data tells you one thing, but you have to sort of have insight to know there are stores around or they're in a car and stuff. So how would you sort of advise or give tips to marketers of when they think about location as very data set driven how should they tackle that that problem or that challenge of triangulation to make the data set helpful or insightful? The easiest thing to do or, or, or the sort of starting point for, for anybody is just to kind of look at your existing uh, media plan in terms of, you know, how you, how you have dollars allocated. So, for example... You know, if you've got uh, money that you've you've uh, allotted to to you know doing billboard ads, you know, knowing where you've placed those billboard ads, uh, and then being able to, you know, identify mobile location platforms that can help you understand uh, who's near them. So, for example, if somebody walks into a Starbucks and shares their location on Foursquare or Facebook, mm-hmm. and you know they're there, and you know they sit down and and uh, you know are, are enjoying their their coffee, and they look through the window across the street at a building and they see a billboard for BMW. Well, if I'm the BMW brand manager, wouldn't it be interesting if, if I could, uh, you know, be able to gather uh, in real time data uh, based on how many people are actually sitting in the Starbucks across the street and be able to actually potentially even engage them on that mobile platform to get them to look at my billboard. Right. So, so I think it's about how we start to, you know, just, just look for simple ways to leverage mobile and location platforms to actually take traditional media in some cases that are part of your existing plan and make it more measurable or more effective in that context. I I love your example about the billboard because I think when marketers think about location-based marketing, it's all high-tech data and it's a little bit intimidating of really getting to know that. But, you know, your example of um, just find out where you're already spending money on um, uh, out-of-home outdoor marketing and just having those data points actually is quite helpful and useful. And, and so we, we, we uh, you know, we use the term uh, that location is the new cookie um, or a cookie for the physical world. And so what we want people to think about is, is that, you know, from a consumer point of view, the day in the life of an average consumer, you know, we wake up in the morning and before we get out of bed, we grab the phone or the tablet beside us. We're in a location, we're in our home, we're connected to a form of media, in this case online, through a specific type of device. Um, you know, we get ready for work, we hop in the car, and now our location has changed. And maybe we're listening to radio, maybe we're engaged with some content on the navigation screen in our car. So the device has changed, uh, the media type has changed, and the location has changed. And that, and that continues throughout the day. You know, maybe we walk into you know, a restaurant, we have digital menu boards and screens uh, and mobile devices in our pockets. Maybe we get home at the end of the day, and we're, we're still watching television. And so the only thing that we can track across all of that is, is location. That's the unique data set that allows us to cross media types and devices. So if you were to give a tip of um, someone, a marketer, who sort of wants to um, sort of put their toe into the location-based marketing um, waters, um, what would be a good sort of initial startup test-the-water campaign 
um, what sort of key elements should it include? I think it depends on the on, on the category of marketer. Um, you know, whether you're talking about retail or hospitality or tourism or you know healthcare. But but I would say um, you know at, at a very base set, I think you need to uh, look at first at existing data that you have about customers, loyalty data, purchase data, yeah. other things, and, and then you know be able to leverage that data um, you know by adding a layer of location to it. So for example. Um, one, you know, one easy thing for people to do that often is missed is to look at investments you've made in social media. So, you know, you're growing your following on Twitter or Facebook, and these are your so-called super fans, advocates, the people willing to talk about your brand. But do you know where those people are physically right now relative to, say, your closest store? And how do you convert them? Yeah. So spending money on social, but, but not thinking about, you know, the location of those, of those, uh, of those followers is sort of a, an easy missed opportunity, right? And, and organizations like Facebook are, are, in the last few weeks, have invested heavily in uh, in things like their Atlas platform. They're testing beacons, and, and they're starting to, to make it easier for brands to, to tie those things together. And are there um, organizations, services, vendors that you would say would be a good starting point for them to take a look at their databases of what they can do? Um, I, not, not, not in that context. I would say that there are, there are certainly, um, depending on specific technology areas you might want to get involved in, you know, mobile yeah. payments, uh, like a proximity-based payment or uh, an indoor location or indoor mapping uh, exercise or things like that. There are certainly organizations that can take, you know, your data and quickly convert it into, you know, a location-based map of your store or uh, provide you with um, some analytics uh, based on data you already have. Um, but traditionally, that that stuff in, in, in its simple form typically sits in, in sort of the, the more normal geospatial data space. So the guys like Esri and Pitney Bowes that, for example, for, for years and years have been helping retailers decide where to where to build the next door from a deal point of view. Yeah. Um, so that what's happening is, is that data, the traditional sort of store planning, retail, real estate planning side of things, is morphing into, uh, you know, combine that data with like sort of social location analytics to improve those decisions. So it's been such an interesting talk so far, location, the cookie for the physical war. It's been such an interesting talk so far, really thinking about location as the cookie for the physical world. Stay tuned for more about location-based mobile marketing right after the break. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. All-Inclusive Marketing is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. Welcome to All-Inclusive Marketing. Engage with All-Inclusive Marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-Inclusive Marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in All-Inclusive Marketing means award-winning winning leadership, excellence and results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point, click, and it's live in real time. 
Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble. We have with us today Asif Khan, founder of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Uh, We know Geo is a really powerful tool for mobile, but apparently less than 40% of agencies use location-based targeting. Asif, what do you think are the fences stopping more people from using this technology? I I think that there there are really three things that hinder the the, the rapid growth from a... uh, you know, an agency point of view. So I would say first, uh, you know, there's privacy, and I think there are certainly, um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of concerns with the sharing of location data, um, you know, on numerous levels. And without getting into too much detail around that, I think there are certain organizations are, are uh, you know, risk adverse and don't want to, um, you know, use data that 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 they think that um, you know they shouldn't use. I think in other cases. Uh, you know, it's it's getting better because you know more and more transparency is coming into the ecosystem and, and helping consumers understand you know the value uh, exchange that's there for their data uh, is is part of, is certainly part of that. But I think privacy is one of the, the issues. I think the second is measurability. Um, you know, I, I think uh, to the example I gave earlier with with the billboard and Starbucks, I think you know being able to you know do mobile location campaigns. Um, it is relatively easy, but you know how you actually measure the effectiveness of them is a bit of a challenge because traditional metrics, mobile metrics, CPMs and such, don't really make sense um, as a metric for for measuring location effectiveness. We we need a new set of metrics. So things like, you know, um, how many visits did this did, did this offer actually drive to the store, and uh, you know, or how many pe- you know how many people uh, you know did did actually get to uh, to engage with this with this location. Uh, based offer or how many people was the deal shared with or, you know, a whole bunch of other types of metrics that, you know, are, are just rapidly and, and newly emerging uh, out of the location space uh, that we don't really understand yet. And then three, I think, is reach. I think, and this is a general problem for mobile, not specific to location, but I think with many of these things, for example, a lot of the beacon uh, applications, beacons uh, uh, by definition require an app uh, to interact with. And I think that means as a brand, you have to drive downloads and, you know, um, it's, it's, it's the law of small numbers, right? So, you know, how, you know, as an agency, you know, do you really want to go and, and, and allocate major, major money to, to do something, you know, where you're only going to have maybe a few thousand, you know, a hundred thousand people, uh, as a potential universe, you know, that you can get uh, on to download this app versus, you know, other media where you can reach millions of people at once. So, 
I think those are, you know, still some of the, the core issues around this. So when you are sort of like a big proponent of um, lo- location-based marketing and agencies say, look, a, a mobile app is just really expensive. I can't drive downloads. Um, I would imagine you say the location information that you get there could have exponential um, effect on um, other aspects. How do you try to walk them through? I know measurability effectiveness is always an issue, but how do you sort of have them sort of imagine what the potential could be then? Yeah, and I, I think it goes back to what I said earlier, which is, you know, we, we really try to teach them that it, it is a data set. It's not a platform. And to use that data set uh, to affect, you know, all the media spend that they're doing in all categories, television, billboard, everything, right? And so I think that from a measurability point of view, you know, in my earlier example, you know, putting up a, a, a billboard for BMW you know, and the billboard uh, company simply telling you that, you know, a million people walk by here every day. Well, how do you actually know? Uh, how do you actually count that? Well, mobile and location devices uh, can actually tell you how many phones pass by this billboard uh, today. And, and so we have, we can take traditional media and make it more measurable in that context, you know, through, through tools like this. So I think, you know, it's about getting them to understand that you know, this is something that applies to all media types. It's not just mobile. Um, so I think that's really, really important. We stress that um, with, with these organizations. I think on the other side, on the pure mobile side, one of the things that we're trying to get organizations to think about is, is to, instead of always trying to build a standalone app, is to think about how we can embed inherent location uh, services uh, in uh, third-party apps that consumers already have on their phone. So, for example, um, on the Beacon side, uh, again, instead of it talking only to a single app, um, uh, you know, what if you could you know, take the SDK from the beacon and embed it, say, in the Weather Channel's app that you know yeah. millions of people already have on their phone? And so when they walk into a place where that where that beacon is there, it, you know, it wakes up, it recognizes it, and and so then we're able to you know sort of leverage much bigger numbers, you know, and not have to worry about some you know the cost a of building a standalone app and b you know not having many people uh, download it. Yeah, interesting. The the LBMA must be such an amazing resource and community for people to share their work with location-based technology. Uh, what are some of the most innovative projects you've seen so far? Well, I think for us, for us one of the keys is, uh, in terms of how we deliver value to, to the industry, is through something we call creative collaboration. So uh, as an organization, we have over a 1,000 uh, member companies, uh, most of which, 70% of which are, are actually directly the brands themselves a lot of retailers, restaurant chains, and FMCGs. And so one of the things that we we try to do in this idea of creative collaboration is my team spends time every every two weeks where we just concept ideas, new use cases for location data um, that involve, you know, many members working together um, to actually pilot and test these things. And so we basically create pilots in the industry to facilitate them by mashing up members together. So we'll take a billboard company and a brand uh, and a navigation company and, you know, a beacon and company and put them all together and say, let's go do this with it. Um, and so that's created a lot of interesting uh, test cases out of that. So, for example, Nivea uh, is a member. And so one, one project that they did was, and again, you know, back to this idea of sort of blending media, where we took a beacon and actually put it in a print ad in a magazine. Um, so basically, think of a full-page full spread in, in a magazine for, for Nivea, for Nivea sunscreen uh, for kids in particular, 
and on the edge uh, of the page, you could tear off the strip um, that made a bracelet. Um, and, and the center of the bracelet was actually a, a, a blue uh, branded Nivea beacon. And then you put you put you put this bracelet on your kid uh, while you're at the beach in Brazil, and your kid goes wandering off, and you download a mobile app, and you set a geofence, and when the kid breaks the geofence, it sends an alert to you so that you can find your kid on the beach. Um, but but it's it's a conversation that starts in a print ad and ends up in a mobile location uh, app manifestation. So that kind of stuff is really interesting. Um, I think another idea of where you can truly see the value of location data is a project that's happening right now between uh, Starbucks and school. So, uh, you know, uh, using Uber-like thinking, if you will, you know, you have the Starbucks app, um, you're getting ready for work in the morning, you normally stop at Starbucks on your way to pick up your, your morning coffee. And uh, but while you're at home getting ready, you order your coffee through the mobile app, you prepay for it through through the mobile app, and then you agree to share your location in real time, just like the Uber driver. And so what happens is, is as you're walking, um, you know, or driving uh, to, to the Starbucks um, on your way to work, when you get within a certain threshold distance that's been set, say, say you know, uh, a thousand feet or whatever, it sends a trigger a note to the barista to start making your coffee. So as you actually enter the building, your coffee has just been prepared. It's fresh. It's ready. Your name's on it. You just pick it up and you go. Uh, so we're using location data in real time uh, to actually facilitate, you know, transaction and 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 you know make sure that something's done, you know, in a in a in a timely fashion and, and you know yeah. a customer service oriented way. So it seems like in th- both of those cases, it it it's really innovative and new, but I would imagine. Um, it took uh, a lot of different people that aren't used to working together to come together um, to really make use of location as a, a data set. Um, how was your experience, whether it's the Starbucks example or the Nivea experience, of how people really came together around you know this idea and this concept? You know, I, I think, I mean, first of all, we're we're sort of acting as project manager in, in these cases, right? So we're at the center of, of that. And as an organization, we have this, this massive, the beauty of having massive diversity within the member base, you know, billboard companies, media companies, payments companies, uh, and obviously lots of brands and, 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 and everything in between. So, you know, we have that ability to go and kind of pick and choose and, and put together these teams. But I think what's really, what ultimately drives it in the end is that, you know, standalone, uh, some of these companies, uh, you know, they go and they build, they build platforms. Like, let's take, for example, Instagram. You know, there are many platforms like this that start to emerge, and they amass, you know, many users. But at the end of the day, they don't really make any money. Foursquare doesn't really make money, right? Uh, they're struggling to find a revenue model. And so part of this for us is, is you know, by showing these organizations that, you know, by working with others in the ecosystem that are potentially complementary to them, um, you know, we can actually create uh, new revenue uh, through, uh, you know, new products and, and new services that emerge uh, through mashups like this. Um, and, and so, you know, that's part of the mandate for us is to ultimately help these organizations, you know, develop and drive revenue uh, models. Great. That's so amazing. Um, with that, we're going to take a break for commercials, but we'll be back soon with the CFCon. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash Webmaster Radio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. We're back with Mobile Power and Profit, uh, presented by Rumble. There are chapters of location-based marketing associations all over the globe. How differently do consumers from different regions react or interact with geotargeting? That's a great question. Um, and yes, we have uh, 18 cities around the world with uh, chapters at the moment and growing in, in, in all regions. Um, but you know, I think one of the things that we learn is is that uh, you know, in different parts of the world, uh, the rate of advancement of technology is, is different in different areas. So. What I mean by that is, you know, for example, if we if we if we look at um, methods for determining location uh, of a of a consumer to to facilitate targeting, in North America, just over eighty percent uh, of that happens on a smartphone using GPS and in, in the device to figure out where somebody is. Uh, but in in many other parts of Asia, in particular, and and in the UK, you know, that number is much lower. It's it's more like uh, to seventy percent, and and they tend to rely on other things such as geotargeted mass as a method. So there there's a, a big movement around what we call cell tower triangulation. So the mobile operators open up their networks uh, and make those available to brands to actually uh, target consumers um, who are subscribers to that mobile uh, to that mobile network. Very little of that happens in North America. Um, you know, and looking at other aspects of, of technology, for example. You know, until recently when Apple uh, decided to support uh, near-field communications in the latest uh, iOS, um, you know, NFC almost didn't exist in North America. Uh, whereas, in, again, in, in the Asian markets, we've been, we've been working, we've done all sorts of location projects using near-field 
in markets like Singapore and, and, and Hong Kong and Tokyo uh, for four or five years. I mean, in Singapore, you can get on the subway uh, and simply tap your phone, and, and that's, how, that's how you pay for everything. I mean, it's, and it's been that way for many years. So um, I think we, we just see different advancements uh, of technology based on you know, government policies and many other things. Why, why do you think um, North America, the U.S. in particular, has been so slow on the uptake? That's another good question. You know, and I won't say that they've been slow. I just think that they've been lazy. Uh, uh, you, you know, and, and what I mean by that is, is I think because many other uh, jurisdictions around the world have much stricter policies on the use of location data, especially in Europe and, and in particular Germany, um, I think it means that... In, in those markets where you have stricter policy, you're forced to, to think more. You're forced to be more creative in how you deliver uh, location services and ultimately value to the consumer. You know, here, because the laws are, are a little more relaxed, it means that, hey, you know, well, we'll just take a beacon in the store. And when you walk into the store, you know, if you have the app, you know, the beacon will push you an offer or a message. You know, very little of that happens in, in European markets. Uh, instead, they still put beacons in their stores, but, you know, instead they use them for, you know, traffic uh, analysis or they use them for service applications or they use them for other things because they have to. Um, and, and, and so I think, you know, that's part of the issue that we see with, uh, you know, uh, the U.S. market. Yeah. But you would think that with the less strict guidelines that there would be even more innovative things happening in the U.S., you think, right? But but I actually yeah. think it's the opposite. I mean, and and the thing is, is what happens is, is you, the U.S. is 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 you know a lot of the technologies are created in the U.S. Uh, you know, a lot of these companies are founded in the U.S. Uh, but there's you know part of it too is is that there's just so many uh, that you know they go out and uh, you know there, there might be fifteen you know companies doing the same thing, you know, and and they're all fighting for the same you know pie of customers. Um, yeah. And and it, and it means that at the end of the day, very little gets done in some cases, um, you know, or, you know, in a case of a consumer app, like I said, but, you know, take something like Foursquare, you know, great user base in terms of, you know, how many people that they've got on the platform. Um, but at the end of the day, if you look at the data behind it, you'll, you'll realize that it's probably less than 20% of the people who actually have an app like Foursquare are actually using it, uh, you know, on a week to week basis. Uh, so the active user base is really small. So you see a lot of, you know, there's a lot of marketing spin that happens in the U.S., um, you know, and a lot of venture capital money that goes into, you know, these companies, but very little actual monetization uh, is happening. Well, that this has been such an insightful talk, but unfortunately um, we're coming to a close. Um, Asif, you have your own podcast show on location-based marketing. Could you let our readers know when and where they can find more insights and updates from you? Yes, you can, uh, you can find uh, uh, all of the information about us and, uh, and the podcast show can be found at uh, our website, which is uh, www.vlbma, so that's T-H-E-L-B-M-A.com. Um, and uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at uh, VLBMA uh, or Asif R. Khan, H-A-N. Great, Asif. Thank you for coming on to our show. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. And as a reminder to all our listeners, you can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, as well as Webmaster Mobile app. Thanks for joining us for this week's Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble, the ultimate dashboard to build, modify, and track your mobile apps and mobile websites. 
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.